Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 44. We are joined by a very, very special guest today. Dermot, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? Really, really good. Thank you. And appreciate you coming on. We've actually had you on Performance HQ uh, podcast, not even podcast, sorry, on the portal for a live call last week. And yeah, just since the call, it's just kind of been, I've been looking at my unsaturated fats all week and making sure I'm getting my olive oils and all the stuff that we're going to touch on later. And I thought it'd be a really, really good insight for for you guys to listen to Dermot speak about these kind of things, which is honestly something that I've never really thought that much into and you know there's healthy fats and you know actually I'll, I'll take that word away definitely not unhealthy or unhealthy fats but certain ones we want to try steer, steer clear from but um yeah I'm really really looking forward to the conversation today do you guys do you want to uh give a little bit of an insight into you know who you are what you do or your background and all that kind of good stuff we were just saying before as well Dermot's has to do this twice in in two in in one week which I know that you're not too comfortable with doing um and he's gonna downplay himself a hundred percent here but understand guys he's a very very smart guy and that's why we have him on the podcast yeah uh debatable um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i I do i do coaching stuff um so i've been coaching honestly like not very long in i'm gonna sound like an asshole here not very long in relation to how well read i am on certain topics yeah being that i've at the moment, I'm more of a I'm more of a student than I am a coach. Um. So, like, yeah, like over the last five years, it's always been the case that, like, okay, well, like, three quarters of my time is spent studying, and then one quarter of the, my time is making sure I have enough funds available to study coaching. Um, which which has left me in a position where, like, I, I know I know a bit of stuff. Um, I know, I, like, as I kind of said last week, it's like I know a decent bit about a lot of the mains. And the thing with that is, like, when you when you know a lot of the mains, it means you don't really know anything very well. And that's yeah. that that's coaching, I suppose. It's just like there's so much that I need to know that I can't put all my eggs in one basket. I I can't just read about one topic, meaning that I can't know one topic very well very well. Mm. Um. So yeah, that's 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 me. Um, that's me yeah brilliant and about kind of apex and stuff like that as well we'll touch on that at the very end but you do a little bit of of kind of education stuff like that on the apex stuff don't you yeah exactly so i have a little <clears throat> a little education portal but that that's just for clients okay cool yeah so, so it, that's just for clients you you can get it like i have a little free trial to, to it as well but like mm-hmm. like long-term access to it is just for just for like people who are working with me um, in, yeah in some some domain like I, I it, it's a weird one and maybe you've kind of found this yourself as well but I, I've kind of found that the majority of my clients are coaches themselves mm. so my content has started to go towards them type of people like coaches slash people who are going to be coaches at some yeah. stage nice yeah. 100%. And yeah, definitely, definitely the way that I think that the, the transition of coaching goes in terms of like starting to work with those type of populations rather than the, the gen pop. And it just kind of naturally evolves then as well. And for that reason, that's why I kind of wanted to get you on today. Um, and the discussion today, guys, sorry, I haven't even said anything, <clears throat> is going to be all around the kind of the role of dietary fats, the roles of them, the benefits of them, what what types that we want to try and 
have a good bit of in your in our diet and what maybe to try and stay away from as well so i'd love you to just give a little bit of an insight for everyone as to like what is fat do you know what is dietary fat the roles and the benefits of actually consuming it and what it does on a physiological level for us yeah so but also sorry uh, sorry one quick caveat if you guys hear any dogs barking whimpering or dogs eating anything it's it's ill george we just got a little frenchy recently so apologies for any of that but you far out yeah so i i always get so overwhelmed when people ask me that i'm just like they do so much i don't yeah. know what to say yeah fair <laughs> it, yeah it's like um like fatty acids make up a large a large amount of every cellular structure that we have um and then these these cells are then the creation of organs and systems and so these fatty acids are so so essential for the function of all organs and systems. Mm. Um, like we have per, per tic, particular fatty acids that play particular roles in certain places, um, okay. like the, like the the role of like DHA in the brain, potentially the the role of um, like EPA and, and its its anti anti inflammatory effects or its pro resolving effects, kind of like that anti-anti-inflammatory effects but like yeah. yeah so so like fatty acids as a whole is like they're they're like incorporated into the cell membranes of all cells so that they like the fatty acids are make up the, the cell membranes and so what what happens is there is like the the predominance of the fatty acids that we eat dictate like the rigidity uh, or the rigidity and fluidity of our, of our cells and like, um, it's often put forward that like Dietary fat play a role in like steroid hormone synthesis, um, which we can touch on in, in a bit if you'd like. Um, yeah. And then I, I suppose like the, the, the role in vitamin uptake as well. So the fat, fat soluble vitamins A, D, and K, um, the, their uptake there is, um, is pr pretty damn important. And then I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a big ass energy depot. Mm. It's a, like it, it's our, it's our large, largest energy depot. Um, like adipose tissue which is built up of triglycerides which is built up of excess en energy from everything i suppose so we can like create these fatty acids and then they, they then they are also used at like low intensity exercise and dur during um fasting state and stuff like that so yeah, yeah um, they do quite a bit yeah, it's pretty pretty important to have in the diet because i remember that and i know a lot of guys and girls listen to this will be saying oh i thought fats were bad thought fats made you fat you know i honestly used to i'm sure that like my dietary fat intake was about 10 grams a day when the first time i ever dieted <clears throat> do you ever get that a lot and and why like all the reasons that you've you've kind of said there that would be the reason why we need like it's necessary in the body to have in isn't it yeah so like they should have oh, yeah. called it they should have called it a different name rather than fat they yeah. should call it like yeah. you know <laughs> something else you know just so that we don't have the confusion that eating dietary fat does not make you fat <laughs> yeah. um i i saw like the, yeah there's a good good few things to touch on there i i suppose the the, the fear around it can come from it's just like it's, it's calorie density and the fact that it's it, like it actually is like something that's going to contribute to your overnutrition yeah um, easily easily like if, very easily if you were if you remove that food group it's like you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a hard time gaining weight it's like yeah. it, or it's, it's it's very very true um i suppose 
the other thing is like the low the very low fat diets um so we we see like various iterations of them it's like we, we see like there's a like a there's like a, a v a vegan low fat diet which again is like it's just there's no no reason to that but like what's going to be more relevant here is um like bodybuilding specific things yeah um so it's it, it's ve- it's very common that we see like people that will like pull that pull their fat down very low and like and the truth is it's like i don't i don't necessarily have an answer i ca- i can't I can't say that it's a bad thing. Um, like, I'm. It's it's definitely not a good thing. But I'm. But I'm reluctant to say that as like as long as you have, like, you you are consuming our essential amino, our essential fatty acids. So you are getting in some linoleic acid, and you are getting in some ALA. That it's going to have like a ma- like a massive detriment. Bar the fact that it's just going to leave you in a leave you in a state of low energy availability, um, and yeah, so it, it's one of them things. Like, and I'm sure you know you see this as well. It's like there's a lot of, a lot of like big big guys that are. Um, are you okay? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of big guys who, who would like pull their fat down to like 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 that ten gram mark. I'm like, oh, it's like. It's probably not, probably not a great idea, but but I can't say for sure. I, I, I can't actually say as long as as long as they're they're hitting the as long as they're hitting like they're getting a little touch of linoleic acid in, they're getting yeah. a little touch of ALA, which which they definitely are. And then that like also these people are definitely supplementing with like a, an EPA and a DHA, and, and it's like yeah, okay, we, I actually can't say for sure that they need to worry about it, except I won't be doing it with any of my clients. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the key is that we don't know that it's it's bad, but we know it's definitely not good and helping all of those potential benefits that we know are are, are correct though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I I suppose the like the the fat soluble vitamin absorption um, exactly. Yeah, it's like if you're eating ten grams of fat across the day, and we, we need a like let's say we need a roughly ten grams to per meal to absorb the 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 vitamins in that meal. Um, like, well you're not doing that efficiently um, and you like like everything when we're not fragile like you're gonna get away with that for for 12 weeks but when you're doing that for when when you're, when you're doing that for months and months on end it can't it's, it's not going to be a, a good shout um i suppose the other argument there is the like steroid hormone synthesis um being like oh we must we must consume dietary fat dietary cholesterol because we need it for steroid hormone synthesis and that's inher- like that's not inherently true um be, because our like it, like intracellular cholesterol levels are really tightly regulated um being that when we have inappropriate levels of cholesterol in the cell they will increase their production of their own cholesterol um or they will increase the expression of receptors that suck cholesterol into the cells hmm. so it's not that we need to be chalking down eggs eggs and butter to to rack rack up our cholesterol so we can synthesize steroid uh, steroid hormones ridiculous mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely ridiculous um it's like it's 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 a it's a dangerous heuristic to be like oh i got to get my i'm going to get my ldl up really high so i can synthesize them steroid hormones and and look, look at this little increase in testosterone that i get it's just like it it's it's probably the 
the equivalent the increase in testosterone as we get like post-workout which has like negligible increases in actual like hypertrophy let's say um but i'm gonna, but I'm lots gonna of neg- that because that but lots of negatives with it though <coughs> potentially so potentially so yeah. um yeah. so yeah like that's that's it's different in a dieting phase because every like everybody gets healthier in a dieting phase it's like like all of the the big risk factors um are go are going to get healthier as you get lean to a certain extent um like even beyond like even as you get shredded like the the, the markers that are like relevant for public health it's just like they're all going to get better as well even though you like even though we don't consider like getting shredded healthy mm. um it's like all things are going to be absolutely in, in, like really low like your blood glucose is going to be like so, so low um your like your ldl cholesterol is going to be so low as well just just from get, getting yourself lean and i suppose the, the the dietary composition that comes with that as well um so once you're dieting it's like i'm not as fussed about these things uh because you're gonna you're gonna be healthier because you're in a deficit um, as long as you have like enough fatty acids and there is a couple of considerations that i definitely would be making on top of that and um, mm-hmm. the, the big worry is then when we have people that are going to be in a surplus and they're going to be in a surplus not for 18 months but they're going to be doing it for the next 18 years mm. it's just like i'm going to recycle because that that's like if you're like a hardcore bodybuilder it's like, that's what you're going to do mm. that's what you're going to do it's like you're going to go through periods where you're going to gain hard for 18 months and then you're going going to diet for six months and then you're going to repeat that cycle forever um and like it's could just be a good plan for us to make sure that our diet is as health promoting as possible there mm-hmm. and one of, one of our biggest biggest levers to pull in making a diet health promoting is our, our is our fatty acid types and like our substitutions there mm, absolutely and in terms of that's a good good segue couldn't agree with you more by the way and that's I think that's something that that's very, very common this day and age, that push and pull, surplus deficit, surplus deficit, like 80% in the surplus, 20% of the deficit or whatever it is across the year. And like you said, it's about if that is the case for what we're doing, let's make it as health promoting as we can. Wouldn't say maybe it's like when you know people talk about using steroids. <clears throat> so for that, it's like, let's make it as health promoting as possible. It's not healthy but it's, it, let's make it as health promoting as we can. And in terms of the kind of different types of fats that I think that you just touched on there, are there different types of fats? You know, are there, you know, I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, what, yeah, types are, yeah. what types are there? So like there's a, va- a vast array of, of, of fatty acids. Um, the most relevant that we're going, going to speak about today is our, our saturated fats, our monounsaturated fats, and our polyunsaturated fats. And so they get their name based on their um, their, their carbon length and then their degree of their degree of saturation. Um, so like a a polyunsaturated fat has has two double bonds in it, and a monounsaturated fat has one double bond in it. And if you haven't came across that before, it doesn't matter. It's like, uh, if you, sorry, like if you're not a, if you're not somebody partaking in nutrition science, then it doesn't matter. Basically, we just have these different foods that contain different fatty acids. Mm. Um, and I, I suppose like if we, if we think about like, okay, what, what, what foods am I speaking about there? That's a good um, idea. So yeah. So like our, our saturated fat, 
um, is going to come from things like our our animal our animal fat. Yeah. Our, our so our animal fat is going to be quite heavily saturated fat. So fats fats lie in like a um like in levels. It's not as if like okay, well your mince is just like pure saturated fat. It's like no, it's saturated fat and, and it's monounsaturated fat. Okay. Um. So there is, like we have like a lot lot. We, 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 that's, that's something that we're going to see across like all foods. It's like, they have different, different degrees of these fatty acids. In almost them. like, almost like analogies, like it's a bench press is predominantly a pec movement, but you're going to be using anterior delt and tricep as well at a much, much lesser level, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially like, like yeah. the way I would character, characterize them, it's just like, okay, well, well, I know like, for example, like a, like a coconut oil, it's like, I know it's probably like 70% saturated fat Okay. or, or like, uh, like and anything above like i don't know like, like 50 is pro- probably the quote up where we like like i i have i have it up on the screen now in front of me um let me just have a look like let's say we take like coca bore so it's like mm-hmm. we know that like that like that like dark chocolate is, is a saturated fat um but, but like by the looks of this diagram it, it's it's probably only about 60 percent. but we okay. would just like put it we just like just call it saturated fat across the board there okay um and then we have things like butter again, like like by the looks of this diagram, it's like butter is about probably about like sixty five percent saturated fat. But we're like we 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 know that they're like our animal fats are our, our, our butter, like our coconut oil and our, our like cocoa butter as like the the, the big things that are going to be contributing to our dietary fat. Mm. Yeah, our dietary saturated fat. Saturated. Um, I do, I do think it's, it's probably relevant that I touch on this now. It's like, there's a level of nuance here, which like, so let's say we take cocoa butter. Um, so that is a steric acid, um, which doesn't affect LDL in the same way as butter does. So like, there's like, um, so like that's, that's the fatty acid. And so dark chocolate is the only food where you'll find like, considerable amounts of steric acid so that's like it's the only food where you can use that as as the reason why we're not seeing the increase in ldl there plus the fact that like these things come come in a food matrix like we, we have fiber and poly polyphenols in, in uh, dark chocolate that are also like having health promoting benefits same with mm. same with certain dairy products it's like so so let's say we, we take like cheese cheese is like surrounded in, in a milk fat gobio membrane and it's high in calcium and it's high in protein. And like, so it's like, so the calcium can like lead to the formation of soaps in the gut, um, which again, like alter like cholesterol uptake. Um, the milk fat globule membrane seems to like, like engulf the, like the, the cholesterol there and inhibit its absorption. And that's why we see that like unprocessed dairy doesn't affect LDL, but butter does because the processing removes, like the processing into butter removes all all of these beneficial compounds. Mm. Um, L- LDL for the listeners as well is low low density lipo lipoprotein or low, low density, density lipoprotein. Yeah, 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 yeah. What what exactly is that as well? <clears throat> so, yeah, so it's it's the main causal risk factor in the development of a cardiovascular disease. So okay. it's like, um, it, it's one of them things there where it's like, does in anybody who has who isn't divorced from reality it's like it's very clear that ldl causes cardiovascular disease and the degree to which that we can keep that the degree to which we can lower ldl 
that we we can de like potentially like drive off or delay cardiovascular events, so heart attacks mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So okay. it's pr probably something that we, we we want to care about. Um, Absolutely, because because it, it, it has such a massive disease burden across the population, um, and like there's there's some like little things here that we we, we can change. Um, mm. and, and some little things that you can go out like go go and ch change change at home for your, your mom and dad as well without them even yeah. noticing. Um, so I'll, I'll touch on like a, a couple of them here. That'd be um, great. Yeah, I've tried to. Just, don't get me wrong. Tried to get the uh, what is it called? Ian? What's that butter butter called? Uh, flora. No, flora is great. I've tried to push that, but no matter what happens, my mum always puts it back in the fridge. <laughs> the Kerry goes. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll have you'll have to just like take it out of the tub and like <laughs> wrap it, it in. Wrap Very it good in idea. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Let you fire ahead anyway. So some of the changes that we can make. Oh, oh, okay, right. So like that that's the that's like the kind of the big one there is is that like is that butter substitution? Mm -hmm. Then like this is kind of taking the conversation away from fatty acids, but it's still relevant. Yeah. Um, it's like like replacing your um sausages with a with a linda mccartney vegetarian sausage yeah it's like I, I can't i can't see a bigger hitter there if you if you consume them on a regular basis okay for ldl uh, yeah 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 like, yeah exa exactly like uh, um we're just swap uh, like it doesn't necessarily so what, basically what we're doing is we're just swapping out like or swapping out any of our animal fats for for plant fats. Uh, the other thing as well, I would be doing as well is like, okay, if I'm consuming a lot of mints, um, maybe what I can do is I can, I can go 50-50 mints microprotein. So microprotein is corn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tastes tastes relatively the exact the exact same. It's it's anabolic potential is relatively similar. Um, so let's say I'm having mints twice a week. That's probably fine. Like if I'm if I'm having like. 160 grams of mince twice a week and it's a it's a lean red mince i probably don't need to sweat about it but if i if i'm going to be consuming any more than that which a lot of people are that, that that's 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 where you go 50 50 microprotein mint and you you don't notice it in taste um but it pulled it, it pulled your, it pulled your fiber up about like eight, eight grams a day um and it reduces your saturated fat and it, I, I believe it does pull up your polyunsaturated fat as well um i'm not 100 certain on that um, so That's yeah, a nice one. I, I, I'd potentially do that because I, I have that four times four times a week at the moment, four to five times yeah. a week at the moment at two fifty grams at ten percent. And you're in against what percent? Ten percent. Yes. Okay. That that like that that's something that I would like strongly recommend doing. Interesting. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's like that. That's that's going especially you're you're in a surplus as well at the moment. Yeah. That that swap is going to be a great a great show. Okay. Um. Same with the like the plant the plant sterile butter, mm -hmm. um, like any of these plant plant sterile butters is like you you make that swap now, and you're like in your thirties, you that's going to matter in thirty years from now. And in um, ter terms of give us a breakdown of that so moving from kind of Kerry Gold Dairy Gold I think is what it's called to more of a what is a plant sterile butter out of curiosity, so. Like it's it's made of like a veg vegetable oil. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, there's 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 loads of them. Um, it it does it doesn't really matter like which one you do. It's just like it's more so the fact that we're removing something. 
So mm-hmm. that like that that's one thing that we need to think about in when we're looking at nutrition is like every time you eat something, you don't eat something else. So I could replace my, let's say I'm consuming 20 grams. Let's say I'm consuming 40 grams of butter a day and I start eating cardboard. I'm going to be healthier. In 50 years from now, I'm going to be healthier eating the cardboard, potentially. So it's the fact that, it's the fact that I'm substituting these things around. Okay. Um, the other thing I would be doing is like, swapping out some sugars for a polyunsaturated fat um so like like what i will just do with people with clients is just like okay we're going to keep we're going to keep sugars around your workout window um especially as it starts to become the lower quality kind of kind of sugars um and then we're going we're just going to add in like we're going going to start to cook with these with these plant these plant oils or we're going to start using like phytosterol butters in other meals across the day so we're going to pull your calories up that way mm. um so that's that's exactly like that's my checklist checklist when i'm looking looking through like a, a client's chronometer it's just like okay right uh, from a fatty acid perspective it's like let's say i have a female who's eating 2000 calories a day mm-hmm. it's like okay right well where is where is saturated fat so saturated fat is sitting at Let's say it's sitting at 20, 27 grams. So that's above 10%. I'll open it up and be like, oh, okay, right. Well, it's coming from it's coming from dark chocolate and dairy are the two big things that are pulling it above. I'm like, okay, I probably don't need to, like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that now. I'm just going to be like, okay, right. Well, because it, that, like, it technically wouldn't be a, like, it, that, that's not something that we need to worry about. Because it's because it's coming from the foods that we know we know aren't affecting LDL, um, okay. but if like if it's like dark chocolate and dark chocolate and dairy and mints and eggs, I'm like okay, right. Well, then I would be thinking about trying trying to pull it below that twenty gram mark. Mm. Um, and sorry, my, my chair is squeaking here. And in terms of that, you you mentioned ten percent. So that's ten percent of. So the, the question I would ask is how much saturated fat should we be trying to have in our yes. diet? I think you answered it there. 10% of overall calories in terms of grams. So the 2000 calorie individual would be a shooting for ideally 20 grams of saturated fat. Is that correct? Yeah. So I wouldn't be necessarily like trying to hit it, but I'd just be trying to stay below it. Below it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good, good answer. Which, which is, it's a difficult thing to do. The other yeah. thing as well that we don't, we don't have any data on, but I'd just like to err on the side of caution is just these like periods of like rapid overnutrition. So in, in, in a gain, in a game, gaining phase is like, well, I'm eating 4,000 calories now. So do I keep my saturated fat at 10, 10% of this? It's like, no, I don't uh, No. You you keep you potentially try to keep it at ten percent of what a maintenance calories would be for a normal individual, which like for for a female is around that twenty gram mark, and for a male is around that thirty gram mark. I believe they're like the NHS recommendations. Yeah. That, let me just kind of scroll down here. Um, so about while you're scrolling as well. So for a female, usually around, we want to try and keep saturated fat under twenty grams, and then thirty grams under 30 grams for a male. Yes, exactly. That. Um, no matter if, if you're eating four and a half thousand, six thousand or 5,000 calories a day, you want to try and keep it at, at around that target. So although yes. the, the calories are fluctuating up and down, you still want to keep it at that maintenance zone. Yeah. Like that, that, that's always what I, what I would, would be trying to do. 
Um, because it, 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 can, it can actually be done. Um, like, for example, you may find when you go back and you, lo you look at your chronometer, which are 10% mints, that you're like, oh, okay, right, I actually do need to swap this out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swap down to a 4% mints. Um, I'm going to swap down to a 4% mints. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to, like, I'm going to cook it in some different oil. Or I'm going to throw a spoonful of um, flour butter into it. So I, I've got the exact same calories in it, but just the, like yeah. the fatty acid composition is the exact same. So um, also like w one thing that I don't think I put like put across well enough as well in the um, in the performance H HQ lecture was just like <clears throat> these like these diseases take forever to mm. progress. Yeah. And like, it's the level of exposure that we have. So like our, where our saturated fat is sitting in our diet multiplied by a timeline. So like the goal is just to like get things on track now so that we don't need to care about it ever again. Like ever again. I just like, I want to have things. Uh, I also want to know that like, I'm looking at this over a yearly basis. I'm like, I'm looking at my temp, like trying to keep below 10% across the year, not across the day or, yeah. or not across the week. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I, like I don't, I don't care. I don't care if I, if I have some weeks where, when it's up, up ridiculously higher. high. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> um, Interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, it was, I was correct to say, uh, uh, 30 grams for males and, and 20 grams for females. I actually just looked up as you were saying, now I, I have mine in my fitness pal. I know I should be using chronometer, it's just so much easier to use for me. Yeah. yeah. Came in at about uh, 27 grams of saturated fat on train day and 18 on non-train day. <clears throat> Even though that's cool. weird, fat's at 90 grams on a non-train day and still at only 18 grams, which is not bad. But as discussed, then the, the where it's coming from for me is going to be, dark chocolate, olive oil, 10% beef mints. So the beef mints would be the one that we want to try to rotate out there, would you say? Yeah, yeah. And I, you eat a few eggs as well? Uh, I eat four eggs on a non-trained day. Okay, yeah. Is so, that... so what, like, it, like again, because we're looking at totals here, like if all you're doing is is consuming four eggs, not like probably not, probably not something to sweat about. If you're consuming four eggs and you're also consuming... 10% beef, um, beef mints on the training day. That's what I'd be like, oh, okay, right. It's, prob it's probably pulling me above where I need it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I would be thinking about like just make making that like 50-50 microprotein swap. It's nice. Um, yeah, and, and pulling the mints down to something leaner and then getting your, your fats in through um, some, some like oil of some sort. And it really doesn't matter. Like it actually doesn't really matter too much if the oil is a monounsaturated fat. Like a, a like an olive or a quinoa, or um, an an a linoleic acid, an omega six, like a or sorry, no, a, a polyunsaturated fat, like a um, okay, some vegetable oil of some some sort. It's like all of the other oils, basically, um, like a, a sunflower or something like that. Um, beautiful is there a certain oils that you said that would you try and st steer clear of and ones that you'd like to you said all of the other olive oils but is there one specific sorry excuse me i'll rephrase that any specific oils that you would like to try and steer clear of no so i i would no that's that's the thing it's like right. as long as you're not co cooking with like a coconut um coconut oil it's, it's like although it's a saturated fat it doesn't seem to be terrible actually uh, in relation to like butter it's like just don't cook with a butter yeah 
<laughs> basically don't don't cook with a butter but like you can use like I, I don't know i wouldn't really be cooking with like an avocado or a peanut oil uh, for me i just use like something like a like a, a soybean or a corn oil um or a, or a, like a sunflower oil or something like that and like they're they're all um polyunsaturated predominantly polyunsaturated fats Really stuff, and I think that you remember giving us a figure on kind of in and around the kind of the amount that we would like to use is around seven grams. Am I right in saying something um, like that per day? No, no, I don't. I don't believe I. I, I gave a gave a number there. Okay. Uh, for um, so what what I what I would be doing is just like as much as you can work, like working my way back. So let's say for me, I'm eating. I pull my fats up a little bit, a little bit higher than most people would. So, like, I'm 80 kilos. I sit, sit my fats at 90. My food is at like two four at the moment. So, yeah. fats are quite high for food being relatively, relatively, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so for me, I'm like, I have as long as my my saturated fat sits below like 25 grams, considering I have I have dairy and chocolate, yeah. or I've unprocessed dairy and chocolate. So, I try to sit below that 25 gram mark, um. And then I don't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me too much. It's like, yeah. okay, so I might eat like, I know if I eat like walnuts, that's going to pull my polyunsaturated fat up. Uh, I know if I want some olive oil, that's going to pull my monounsaturated fat up. I actually don't care. It's yeah. more It's more so like, as a byproduct of me keeping my saturated fat below, my total fat high, these other healthier fats are going to be in there. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of, the way, the way I look at it there, at it there, as opposed to aiming for like a, a gram mark. Um, okay, cool. What, what what's also really interesting about this is is how specific, like, just how how specific we can be on this. So there's there's lots of people who are like saturated fat deniers. So they're like, oh no, saturated fat is because it's primal and because our ancestors ate it. Is like that's and that's exactly what we have to be doing. And like. And then they blame like seed oils. That that's usual. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, so, caught, today. I'm so caught up at, on, at the moment. I love it. I like oh, um, but like they're so murky. Like they don't like their claims are nonsense. But they don't have. They don't actually have like a, like something to aim at. Like they move, so they move their goalpost. So like let's say they're like okay, well here's the threshold of like so see with saturated fat we have that threshold of like that ten percent mark. That when we go like if we compare eight percent intake to fifteen percent intake, we know that there's a difference or twenty percent intake. Let's say it's like we know there's a tangible difference in like cardiovascular disease risk there between them big two exposures, as opposed to people who blame seed oils. It's just like it's just murky. It's just like no, you shouldn't be consuming any. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't can't consume any. Or then like if you consume like four, five grams, they're like, oh, you're just like above the threshold of effect here. It's like so you need to be consuming between zero and five. It's just absolute hogwash. I um, find that nutrition is just so like it's good or bad, and you're just sit on one side the whole time, no matter what kind of level that you're at or what kind of conversation it is. It's crazy, isn't it? Yes. So what it what it's seems to be more like is these conspiratorial thinkers have their beliefs and they they need something to pin it on something to blame yeah and like if we if we think about like the the carnivore keto quacks it's like it's seed oils and it's sugar 
It's like, and they'll, they'll blame it for everything. It's phenomenal. It's like beyond, be, like, like even even more so than they'll blame like adiposity. Let's say. Um. So, and then they just frame their worldview around that and rely on really low, but like lower quality on the evidence hierarchy, evidence to support that. Um. And then there's like a lot of people. It's like, so, so if, if you follow anybody in them cults, like they'll, they'll have you believe that like everybody is thinking this way as a means of changing your mind. Is, is, it's, it's, it's really good. Like it's really fantastic. They'll be like, well, we know this now. It's like, we, we know that saturated fat uh, doesn't increase risk of cardiovascular mortality. It's like, we know, we know this now. It's just like, like loads of these doctors are beginning, are beginning to see the truth. It's just like, no, it's like, it's like 0.9% are beginning beginning to be, like believe this because of the way you're speaking. Um, um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty damn dangerous because it's it's in like it's really ripened in like medicine, um, mm. where like any doctor who's who's adhering to the public health guidelines is doing an absolutely wonderful job, and anybody who's attending a nutrition seminar on the ketogenic diet it's just like oh yeah you're, you're probably you're probably going to be led down the wrong path yeah yeah absolutely and in terms of the uh dietary fat i know that by the sounds of things as well pulling it back to one, one quick question that i have <clears throat> it sounds like it's in terms of creating a diet it sounds like it's not about what we should be eating it's more so like what we shouldn't be eating and it's it's down that kind of such not not even that what we shouldn't be eating we should keep saturated fat to this level and make sure that the other fats, no matter where they come from, doesn't really matter as long as those saturated fats are kept at bay. Would it be right in saying that? Yeah. So like the most pronounced benefit that we're going to see is by replacing saturated fat with polyunsaturated fat. Okay. Um, but the biggest hitter there, like that, that's where we like see the, the absolute most benefit. And what kind of food sources would polyunsaturated fats kind of kind of be for for a rough example? Yeah, so like our like I I would just like swap to use like a a, a sun sunflower oil, so that's that like a, that's a polyunsaturated fat. Um, like a like a flaxseed oil is nice. like also a polyunsaturated fat. Um, our EPA so our marine sources of fats, EPA and DHA are also a polyunsaturated fat. Um. And uh, like any, like corn oil or vegetable oil, it's like it's these things that were are, like these things that were so programmed to, to dodge. It's like these oils that we cook with that were so programmed to like just like okay, well I'm gonna swap it out. I'm gonna swap it out for a, um, I'm gonna swap it out and use a fry light. And then I'll like so I'll swap my I'll swap it out and use a fry light, and then I'll like, and then I'll add my fat in through something else it's like i'll get butter, my, butter my toast yeah or i'll butter my toast or i'll, I'll yeah. like um or i'll like use like three eggs here as my fat sauce when okay. like potentially like a good thing to be thinking about is like no actually like these 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 oils are something that i i should actually be thinking about using so so let's say for example for that individual that you just said there that if they're doing fried spray with eggs and then they're buttering their toast okay 
what would be a nice kind of rotation? Let's say a client came to you and you see their chronometer and go, and then their saturated fat, by the way, we'll just say for, for argument's sake, their saturated fats are like 40 grams. Okay. For a okay, male. Yeah, 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 then, yeah. then you go, okay, where can we make the change? Okay. That break, well, we'll, we'll assume that's a breakfast. I know some people might like to eat that for dinner, for dinner or before bed. Let's pretend that's a breakfast. How would you go about changing that meal one to be create a little bit less saturated fat and increase polyunsaturated fat? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, so the first, the first thing, uh, the first thing I'll do is I'll swap the flo- the flora or I'll swap the butter out for a flora. Yeah. Straight, straight away. Nice. Um, that then, then like the next thing I would do was like, again, swap out like, like an egg for a Linda McCartney. Nice. Um, and like probably in, like in, in that meal, that's, that's all, that's all we'll have to do is like, and then maybe, maybe if like we have to match if we have to match in meat fat so like i'll just i'll just use like f- like like five mil of sunflower, sunflower. oil to cook yeah that, and that, that, that's it and in terms of eggs like is it okay would would sorry not not is it okay would it be slightly lesser in saturated fat in egg whites compared to whole eggs oh yeah absolutely yeah okay. yeah so it's like that could not, be, it's, yeah yeah it's that all, could be a nice all. swap then to do like egg whites cooked with the sunflower oil Exactly. Nice. That's, that's, that's exa- exactly like um, that's exactly what I would be thinking about. Okay, nice. That, that's a good good practical takeaway. So if you guys are have a look at your chronometer and you can see that saturated fats are a little bit higher, just kind of look for these red flags of the the meats, uh, the red meats, the eggs, the the butters and things like that. And maybe you could swap out a couple of those little options and um, that we've just discussed there as well. Yeah, that, I, I, especially like. So we, we, especially when we see it, like in that example where our fats were, but uh, at forty gram, our saturated fat was at forty gram. That's where it's like, okay, right, no, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to intervene on this, like pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so, but, it's so interesting to hear this kind of thing because there's nothing, something, and I'm sure that the listeners now will be thinking that, like, that, that I've never heard of anyone kind of even describe like a number or even like a a limit for saturated fat. Like, I it didn't even really cross my mind to ever think about these kind of things um do you get do you get that quite a bit when when clients come in and you start to bring this up and people are like oh that's actually really really interesting yeah 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 um it, 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 i i i just love how like specific we can be on yeah, that it's just like it's not just like oh well li- <clears throat> like li- limit your limit your sugar intake or, or it's like it's like no we actually have we actually have a number we actually have something to, especially if you you, you kind of like numbers uh, yeah. I don't. I don't really, but I have a feeling. I love do. numbers. Love, yeah, exactly. Love numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like exactly, it gives you something tangible to be like, okay, right. Well, I know that. Like keep, keeping me below ten percent is like, one, it's it's doable with these diet, like these little dietary changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I like we also do have like these like there is a gray area where like let let's say let's say we look at like like twelve to fourteen percent. It's like. It's kind of murky, murky there whether that matters too much, um, whether that's due to the fact that like it, it could be like dairy fat pulling that up, or it could, like it could be coca, or or whether it's just the fact that like the fourteen percent is still like not not high enough to see any like tangible increase in risk. But if we compare like eight, as I said, compare eight percent to twenty percent, that's when we see the big okay. the big biggest decreases in risk. Um, okay. Yeah, so like. And I think my, my favorite part about this is like it's such a, it's such a big change that affects like 
like pretty much like not not every system in a body that's totally untrue but it affects like a lot of systems it's like so not not only are we going to limit our our like our progression of cardiovascular disease over the next 40 years so also we're going to limit like replacing our polyunsaturated fat replacing our saturated fat with polyunsaturated fat is going to make our our, our liver less resistance to liver fat gain um we're going to potentially store less visceral adiposity um it's going to it's going to play a role in like neurodegenerative diseases so, so having like a high saturated fat being associated there with like an increased prevalence of some of these neurodegenerative diseases mm. um it's like it, it alters our the, uh, gut microbiota so we know like this like the standard west western diet does like will uh, will offer the uh will alter that and if we if we change change that around um, and we change the fatty acid composition for like a plant fat derivative that we see like beneficial effects there so it's like these these fa- like effects like span across the system and they also affect affect things like like male male fertility um and like macular degeneration so that's like visual acuity and like so as as we age like a lot of these things it's just like they're going to affect us in in, they're going to affect us as we become elderly but like the disease progression is is across a lifespan so if we can just make this little swap where it's just like, okay, I'm going to start to pull my saturated fat down. I'm going to start replacing it with an unsaturated fat. Doesn't, I'm not really too fussed where it's coming from. I know like I probably need to get like a direct source of BPA and DHA in there as well. So maybe I'm going to eat like eat two portions of oily fish a week, or I'm going to take some supplements. Um, like, yeah, we've, we've actually, look, we, we've, we've quite a lot that we, we can continue to touch on. So where, where shall we go next? Oh, literally that you were just about to go into, I've written down a couple of points here, just as you said, the EPA DHA supplementation wise, is there, so first and foremost, what is EPA? What's DHA? And then also then what's the kind of the standard amounts that we should be trying to hit a day? And then if you have some, you might have some like potential salmon, hundred grams of salmon equals X amount of EPA, et cetera. I'd love to know some kind of numbers. I can look that up as well if you want to, or you can fire ahead. No, I, I have, I have. I thought you might. Here. I um, thought you might. Yeah. See what I said, guys? He comes prepared. <laughs> so, um, I know it's a kind of note off the top of my head now at this stage from waffling so much. Fair point, so, fair point. Yeah, so our our EPA and DHA are part of the omega three family. Um, so they are a polyunsaturated fat. So as I said at the start, we have saturated fats are characterized by, based on their carbon length and the degree of saturation and how many double bonds they have. So a polyunsaturated fat has two or more double bonds. Um, so our omega-3 family starts with uh, alpha-linolenic acid. ALA can be, so ALA or alpha-linolenic acid can be converted into EPA and then DHA. Um, but that conversion of ALA to EPA is like, it's really inefficient to like that, that first step in the conversion, of like we only convert about like eight to 12%. Um, and then the conversion of EPA to DHA like doesn't seem to happen at all. Um, so, it, like it's pretty essential that we do have like a direct sources of EPA and DHA um, that we're getting into the diet because and the only way that we can get that intro is like marine marine sources. Um, okay. Now, it, like 
if you're vegetarian or vegan, you can take like an algae supplementation, uh, which is like, which will contain EPA and DHA and is an effective way of pulling, pulling that up. Um, and so we have, we have something called the omega-3 index. And what that does is that, that like characterizes the fatty acids in your red blood cell membrane because red blood cells turn over like they degrade every like 90 to 120 days if we measure the fatty acids in the red blood cell membrane it gives us a really like quite an accurate uh score of like how how much like dha in particular is in is in that membrane and we, we see that like if you have like a like an omega-3 index of like below kind of like four percent it's like increased risk of like cardiovascular events and like anything above like that eight percent is is really protective and um, and like so we have a couple of ways in order to achieve like that omega-3 index of above kind of that eight percent and um, so this is all when of you, like sorry, sorry to interrupt when you say eight yeah. percent above what what exactly would that is that an, an amount Sorry, I'll let you answer that. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that, that's that's the omega three index score that we should be aiming for. And like, there's a there's a practical application of how do we even think about getting that up there. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of, there's a couple of things you can do. So this is all of the, like all the work of like um so Will William uh, or Bill Bill Harris, um he's like all awesome awesome with all of this like omega tree stuff um you look like ridiculous amount of publications on it um so there's a couple, a couple of things that we can do we you could either take like like two grams of a triglyceride form of epa combined epa and dha for um for 13 weeks two grams is like hefty yeah or you you could just sit at like that at a thousand milligram mark um or one gram for life and then that'll have you above like that eight percent mark Okay. based on like other populations consuming uh, that have that above above the eight percent mark and they're consuming about that a thousand milligram and a thousand um, milligram in, uh, what's the word i'm trying to say combined, Ex- combined yeah probably better words. yeah yeah yeah, yeah so okay. it, it, like that is the general recommendation there yeah. even though we know that like dha is the predominant fatty acid in these red cell membranes like the the, the general recommendation from like the, the british foundation of nutrition and the american heart association um and the European Society of Cardiology is around that, just like that one gram mark, and it doesn't give specifics on combined. Okay. Like, um, sorry, sorry, it doesn't. It doesn't give specifics on individual fatty acids. It just gives you a total to aim for. Okay. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and some people might be picking up their omega three bottle right now, or omega three supplement, and going, "Oh, there's no mention of EPA and DHA." Are there certain amigas that just don't have them, and there's certain amigas yeah. that do? I think I don't know the answer to this, but yeah. So um, the ones you can, the ones you can buy from Tesco from for 10, ten euro compared to the ones you buy for forty euro. Is there any difference between the ones? There, there, there seems to be a difference there. All right. Yeah. Uh, so this this is quite funny. Um, <coughs> like my, my mom was picking up an amiga from my little brother, and she brought it home, and she was like, "Look, I I I got I got these." Uh, I got these these jellies right, and they're like, like there's omega three in them. It's it's ALA, it's it's ALA, which we know is like we're, we're, like it isn't converted into EPA and DHA, and what we're actually trying to get is EPA and DHA. Yeah. Um. Don't know, like I'm sure a couple of people have came across these jellies that they're delicious. Like I'll yeah. like pop a couple of them as I'm walking around. <laughs> 
just because they're basically all there is jellies like yeah um so yeah like you, you need a direct a direct source of epa dha yeah, yeah that's so like, the, that's what that's what i was going to say i know a lot of clients will come to me and say like josh you've programmed like 500,000 milligrams of epa or something like that like it doesn't say anything like that on my bot on my thing and i was like likelihood is i was like how much does that cost like like six six euro i was like mm, prob- probably the reason why so if you if you guys don't see that written there maybe it might be a better idea to find one that actually has a dosage sounds like we're trying to look at about a thousand milligrams of combined dha and epa per serve yes oh yeah. but you know what i would also do is just like if you can get it in true food yeah it's like we take mackerel for example Mackerel has like three three grams of combined EPA and DHA um, per 160 grams. Like, that's chock wow. full. That's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly it. So like you you using you using two 160 gram portion sizes there a week. It's like that that you've pretty you've much covered weekly. the basis there, and it's cheaper. Um, like you'll have to probably play around with how like making your mackerel edible. Um. Yeah, but, I think is that the really really sardines, isn't it? Is mackerel come in the kind of the cans as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I actually I don't know are mackerel and sardines the, the same thing. They might be because I, I remember uh, you and Brian O'Higginsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah had him yeah. on the podcast before, and he swore about these. I think it was sardines that he used to uh, eat. He said like he always always eating that, and I'm sure that's for the same reason. And um, just yeah. pack it in, and they're, they're really cheap. We've had, I've had them here a couple of times before. So, so that that sorry that's the big thing there is 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 how cheap they are yeah 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 hundred yeah, percent and like sa- salmon's pretty chock full as well it's like sal- salmon has about like two two grams uh, per uh, hundred grams wow that's great man yeah it's pretty, really good and hundred gram yeah. salmon is very like I have it for my non-trained day I'm gonna have it directly after this call and you job yeah. about two fifty so that's gonna yeah, be sure. you know five hundred milligrams yeah exactly exactly oh, that's a like, lot yeah. Yeah, like what what I kind of do there as well is like so. I know your your food is like definitely like more structured. Like you you eat like pretty much the exact same thing on training and non training days, and and you have a considerable amount of of fish in there. Yeah. So like if I was you, I was like I, I don't know like I kind of like pop pop a pop a fish oil like every so often, just just as you're like yeah like just be like oh well I mi- I miss that that fish meal there I may as well just pop one in. That's kind of like. Um, yeah, that's kind of like what what I used to do when I was eating more fish, as opposed to I'm not eating as much at, at the moment. So I, I take take it every day. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's that's really good info yeah. in terms of giving us a an idea, like you said, on the amigas of of how much you want to be consuming. It sounds like rather than looking at it on day to day basis, let's let's have a thousand seven thousand milligrams in and around of combined DHA and EPA per week, ideally from, <coughs> excuse me, more so food sources than, than anything, which is brilliant. That's a love. You know, I'm a numbers man. And yeah, even yeah. more so number, uh, you also said, no, objective focus. You also said something earlier that kind of uh, interested me in terms of the fact that we should be trying to have about 10 grams of dietary fat per meal, completely individuals, person specific, et cetera. Is there like a reason behind that? What, what would be the benefits to having that, not having like it lumped into meal four and having 60 grams of fat in meal four rather than having it spaced throughout the day? Yeah. So this, this is like, this was based on the vitamin absorption. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I and I haven't looked into it that that deep. So it's it's that's based on like a quick quick scan of things and some yeah. speculation. Makes sense though. Um, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that but that's exactly. I'm just kind of speculating over that, and I can't can't say mm. for sure. But yeah. I, I'd say that that's that's a it, that's something that everybody's doing anyway. Is getting like yeah yeah. It's like if you're having having a relatively balanced meal, I'm sure that like that's that's what you what you're doing there. Unless you're having fish and a rice cake, white fish and a rice cake, <laughs> which yeah. sounds pretty boring. But um, you, pro- you probably get your ten grams of fat up there as well. Do you, do you write even with a like a piece of haddock oh, sorry, or something? Sorry, it's not. It's it's, it's not. Zero, it's zero it's like grams or something. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so. So I'm sure on the people way. who yeah people who probably don't know what that is I'm sure you know what that means it's the, the oh, yeah, fish and rice cake thing and um, go look up fish and rice cake on YouTube and you'll know exactly what 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 we're talking about but just to kind of clarify that for anyone if we skimmed over that I know it's not an absolute but a potential like like you said the the fat soluble vitamin so what Dermot's trying to say is that as we touched in the very beginning the benefits of of using dietary fat is it helps with the uptake of of fat soluble vitamins a d and k i believe they are and that's why having regular interval a regular consumption of dietary fat across the board will allow those uptakes per meal potentially yeah yeah spot on lovely um that's pretty that's re- that's a really good info podcast is there anything else that you like you'd like to touch on um that's going to come into the mind yeah like I, I i suppose it's it's a lot to it's a lot to kind of like speak through um yeah. and i was i was pro- probably a li- i probably should give some like more concise recommendations on like okay well like what so we we already did it when we said we'd swap the butter out for flora yeah um and i swapped my eggs out for so swap, whites, swap your eggs out for for egg whites and the phytosterol sunflower um, oil or something and and then cooking cooking in the, yeah. in, the, in the sunflower yeah so like I, su- I suppose the the most relevant things and like these these are two things that like are just so modifiable with a little bit of effort yeah that's the easy part like, oh yeah that yeah exactly so pull pull sugars down pull saturated so i've no number for for sugars unfortunately saturated fat keep it keep it below that 10 percent if yeah. it's going above that 10 percent but the majority of the saturated fat is coming from like whole dairy and dark chocolate you probably don't need to worry about it too much mm-hmm. um keep one of the big things that we didn't touch on there is just like what we're actually talking about is animal fat so it's like we know like even like monounsaturated animal fat is more detrimental than plant animal fat Mm. all right plant animal fat or plant animal fat. just thinking there i was like God, i was like what the hell is that never heard plant of that before fat. plant fat plant fat yeah plant fat is is the word singing god animal, i haven't heard of that now. Uh, yes yes sorry excuse <laughs> oh, me good. well um yeah I, I always have like about an hour of me and speaking and i just like fall off a cliff oh <laughs> 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 good yeah so we're so just basically be cautious of your animal fat intake. So things like your rashes, your rashes, your sausages, um, your your mince, your steak, like, and then potentially things like eggs as well. It's like because, like, a because we're looking at things as as a whole. It's like the eggs might not be the detrimental thing to themselves, but they're detrimental if they pull you above that ten percent mark or they yeah. pull you above like that twelve percent mark. Um. So yeah, like 
and swap out some some sugars for um unsaturated fats. Yeah. So may, maybe swap out like um uh, don't, I don't know. So something what are you, what are you thinking? Something sugary walk the, the swap out. Coke pops post workout or something or Coke something pops like post post workout. That, like, yeah. Uh, like see here's where this kind of gets kind of gets annoying because like these things have different like post your responses <clears> based on like their their where they're coming from. Like like orange yeah. juice doesn't have the same post your response as like Lucozid. Um okay. so yeah, it, it ends up being more more annoying there as well. But as like as a like a general statement, it's like it, replacing like some unnecessary sugars. Yeah. Which would actually, which actually may be jams. Like if you're in, if you're consuming like thirty grams of jam, just swap, like swap it down to fifteen and then use like and then add in some unsaturated fat. So it, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's there's like there's we, we could continue to we could continue to chat here. Like there's there's a, there's a forever amount of things that we could cover. But I think, I think that's as as practical as it needs to be. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and the best the best part is that we. It is very easy. Like you, anyone could do this tomorrow. You know, it's not like there's so much detail that you have to have this plan and you have to go through all of your, like it's very, very easy for us to actually implement straight off the bat and having those little figures now for us. And I urge all of you guys to just get into chronometer, not my fitness pal, like myself, um, but even my fitness pal, like it, it's still, it's still give you a round roundabout figure, but I urge you to go into that, put in your kind of your usual daily intake and have a look at it and see, is it over that 10% figure? If it is, then have a look as discussed, like our animal fats, our, our beefs, our steaks, our sausages, et cetera, our eggs, are those in there? And what, what changes can we make to make it more unsaturated, ideally polyunsaturated and stuff like that would be, be the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and I'd, on that as well, I, I, I'd be skeptical over my fitness pal just based on its accuracy. So like Good. just because it'll track total fat doesn't mean that it'll actually track like what fatty acids are, are making up that fat. So it might, it might actually be a good idea for you just one day, yeah. even if you, I agree. Like, just to pl- plug it into chronometer and just be like, oh, okay, right. Well, it's off by this much, but at least I know now. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. It gives it, if anyone hasn't you who have, who hasn't used chronometer before, it's really, really, really accurate in its, um, in, in its overall accuracy, <laughs> to be honest, in its objective data is really good and, and quite easy to use as well. My fitness pal is just the one that I've always used and I always just plug it in. But now that there's something for me to actually look at tracking wise that can benefit or have a negative effect on my health, I think it's definitely worthwhile putting into, into chronometer itself. But I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on again. That was really, really interesting. I'm sure that everyone will take lots and lots of take-homes. I've taken take-homes from both calls, man, to be honest. It's a really, really good insight. And honestly, it's something that not not share. I've never heard anyone speak about it like that in the fitness. I just, I just know fats are good for you. Eat them. But I didn't know what type of fats to try and steer clear of or, or to try and increase a little bit more. So thank you so much for coming on. Love to get, again, a little bit of insight into, you know, where people can find you, what you do, you know, all that kind of stuff from a coaching standpoint as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you for your, your kind words. I do appreciate it. Sometimes, sometimes I do feel like I'm kind of like, uh, as you know yourself, just like a little bit like, oh, it's imposter syndrome a little bit. Yeah, ah, absolutely. But like, nah, not anybody who doesn't have imposter syndrome is just delusional. It's like, of course you have it. So it's like, <laughs> like stupid is the natural state of. <laughs> um, 
so yeah like i think the, like the, the best thing that you could could do is i'm actually not um i'm, I'm pro probably by the time this is aired and stuff i probably won't be taking on any clients for a, for a decent while um but honestly what like what i quite enjoy doing is is just like do doing up like content around this stuff so or, or like even just like speaking about it it's, it's quite fun for me yeah um, so like if you have any questions i actually like generally it's like my, my plug is if you've any if you've just just reach out to me and um with a question and i'll have a bit of a waffle on it and it'll give me an idea for content and it'll help you and it can be a win-win yeah absolutely you know man this is 44 episodes in and no one has ever said something like that Joe, and that just goes goes down to what you offer and what you value uh, very highly is education, quality content, just being overall nice guy. And it's nice to be nice. Um, so I'm really, really happy that you said that. And guys, please do reach out to Dermot. He's a fantastic source, wealth of knowledge. Although he won't tell you that, I'll tell you that. And uh, yeah, it's been really, really enjoyable. And thank you so much for coming on. Cheers, Josh. Thank you.